You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network, powered by Interstate Batteries. From your truck to your trail camera, Interstate Batteries has you covered. Visit your local Interstate Battery store today or online at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Welcome to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras, the number one podcast for bow hunting product information and hunting stories from across the nation. And now, here's your nine-fingered host, Dan Johnson. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, the Hump Day edition, brought to you by Exodus Trail Cameras. Man, we got a pretty good podcast today. Uh, I have my buddy John Mulligan hop on the show, and it's more or less a BS session. He works for a company called Glacier Coolers, amongst a couple other companies. And uh, man, we talk about turkey hunting, we talk about deer hunting, we talk about <laughs> how crazy our kids are, and finally, we talk about Glacier Coolers. Um, I ask him a lot of questions, uh, you know, basically this the hunting industry all of a sudden i'd say in the past year has gone through a cooler craze you know all these new uh cooler companies are coming out they're marketing towards sportsmen you know hunters fishermen outdoorsmen and i think it's just crazy ridiculous um john shares a little marketing insight on that uh, he talks about Glacier Coolers as a company, and, uh, you know, we just BS about the good things in life, like hunting, and uh, that's really it. I mean, it, it's a it's a really cool, fun podcast. Man, I haven't talked with him in a while, so it's more or less us catching up on air as well. So, from what I hear back from you guys, you really like episodes like this, a good old-fashioned BS session, but today, who are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about Deer Lab right so deer lab in the short of it is a company where you take your trail camera pictures you enter your trail camera pictures into deer lab deer lab does all these calculations and it pulls in a whole bunch of data from the web from the internet on to your trail camera pictures so you put let's say you have pictures of this one buck who's showing up at a scrape at you know, 10, 10 a.m. every morning. Well, what Deer Lab does is the information that it pulls in about that particular camera, camera location, and the buck itself is it's telling you, let's say that buck comes at 9 a.m. in the morning. Okay, it comes on a southeast wind. It comes um, when the pressure's high or the moon phases this. So long story short, what it is allowing you to do is forecast deer movement based off of the data that is provided uh, to you from your trail camera pictures. I have seen huge trends in deer movement uh, based off the data that Deer Lab is telling me. So uh, if you guys haven't already, please go check out Deer Lab dot com um 
and you can go to the landing page, deerlab.com slash nine fingers. And if you enter the discount code nine fingers, no, wait, 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 I'm telling you this wrong. Deerlab.com slash nine fingers. And if you go to that, that URL, that feed, you're going to be able to sign up for a free 30 day trial period. So uh, take all your trail camera pictures, enter them into Deer Lab, and then play around with it. And what you'll see is trends and data and all this other great information that pulls into, you know, pulls onto those trail camera pictures, man. And it's just awesome. I, I spend a lot of time um, on that website just like, like going over that that information with a fine tooth comb and trying to put myself in the best possible spot come this fall. So it's based off all historic data too. So it kind of tells a story, especially with if you identify individual bucks, where they like to be at what times a year. So go check out deerlab.com slash nine fingers. Now, I think we've talked about just about everything too long as usual on the intros today so let's get in today's bs slash product podcast with my good buddy john mulligan all right on the phone with me right now mr john mulligan how you doing man what's happening brother dan man it's been a while since we've chatted last i know it has it's uh, a few quick texts here and there but uh an actual phone conversation you know a voice call uh, that's a thing of the past, you know? Yeah, yeah. So here's the deal. And I'll tell you why. Uh, why I know your life's busy, my life's busy, but I have to share something from tonight. So right before I hopped on this call with you and re- we started recording this, I hate, my mm-hmm. my wife was stuck in traffic. So I was like one minute away from texting you again saying, dude, I don't know when she's going to be home. I'm, we're probably going to have to <laughs> reschedule again. So I'm sitting yeah. here. At the kitchen table with my daughter and my my two sons, my my two sons or my youngest son, he's just now getting to the point uh, where he's eating solids. So anything you put in front of him, like he'll he'll eat some some of these like puff crackers and like some baby food. My daughter, she typically doesn't put up a a fuss when it comes to eating her supper, but my son, like. If he was a grown man, there is a good chance I just would have punched him right in his mouth. Like, <laughs> the, the, he sits there and he cries, and I'm just like, buddy, all you have to do is eat your food, and then you can go do whatever you want. I don't care. You can go play outside. You can go play with your toys. But you're spending yeah. more time whining, and, you know, as a three-year-old, he doesn't understand any of that shit. So he feels – Nothing, yeah. yeah. He's going to put up his best defense, and that is a stall tactic where he cries and cries and cries and cries and cries. <laughs> and <laughs> like, I don't like. I know you're a father of three as well, but all your kids are uh-huh. older. Did you ever have to go through a phase where you literally thought you were going to lose your damn mind? Oh, there was days I wanted to choke them out um, <laughs> because you know I was big into MMA. Um, you know, back back in the day and. And like whenever we had our first, I mean, I was still ordering pay-per-views all the time. And, um, dude, I, I'm telling you, there is, it's parenting uh, teaches you that patience that I don't know if you ever truly like get it mastered, um, but it definitely it works on it. But I'm telling you, it'll make you lose your mind. And uh, people talk about, you know, count to 10 and walk away. 
I've counted to a million in, in increments of 10, you know? And I got this, I got this piece of advice from my uncle, like a long time ago, right when I, right when my wife was pregnant, I, he's got two kids of his own. They're both in high school now, but I said, what's the trick to raising kids? And he said, just ignore them. And I never knew what he meant until like just recently where there are days you literally in order to keep your sanity have to ignore your kids because if you don't, you're going to be that, you're going to be that next guy on Dateline. I know that sounds yeah. bad, but <laughs> no, no. Well, it's like red from uh, that 70s show, right? Like that's the model dad for ignore, just ignoring your kids and just blanking it out. Like he's got it figured out. Like that was my dad. And uh, you know, I've, I've dabbled down that road. I'm like, you know what? I'm really going to be engaged and I'm really going to pay attention to everything that they say. And that lasted about a day. Um, just wait, it's coming. Your kids are going to sit down and they're going to be like, Hey dad. So I was playing this game the other day. See, it's called Minecraft. Yeah. And what you do is, and they're going to go on this big, long thing, explaining this game that you don't give a crap about uh-huh. that. You've never played it. You know, no background of it. You don't want to know the background of it. And I'm like, oh, oh, my gosh, somebody shoot me. Yeah, been there, dude. But on the outside, you're like, uh-huh, yeah, sounds interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm like, that is so awesome. When is this story going to end? Yep. Oh, uh, and then I come here and I have my refuge in my office where I get, you know, I get for the next hour or so, I'll be talking to you about things yep. that aren't you know, whining and complaining and all that stuff, you know, white yeah. tails, no, hunting, all that. No stuff. cheese puffs. Yeah. Yep. I promise I won't cry on you. Yeah. Promise. Dude, how was your turkey season? I hate turkeys. Um, I'll, I'll say this on the record. Uh, I love whitetail hunting. Keyword is I love hunting whitetails. Yeah. I enjoy killing turkeys. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a love hate relationship with turkeys and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I would think that 80 to 90% of all turkey seasons or turkey hunts go like this. You either kill in five minutes or you grind out, you get eaten alive by ticks and chiggers, and then you may or may not kill one on the last day. That's every hunting story ever. Yeah. It's either going to happen or it doesn't happen. And um, I got after them really, really fast in Iowa. Um, didn't do a lot of scouting. I just knew where the birds were going to be roosting. You know, and as long as they were roosting in the same spot, I was going to be in the money and I'd hit pay dirt. Um, I had a couple of buddies uh, from Wisconsin. They came down, they jumped in a blind with me. First night, one comes in, uh, almost last light on his way back to roost. I shoot this bird and I don't, and I know that I didn't put a good shot on this bird. Um, We watch it back on video and it's a fantastic shot. So I thought, this bird starts flopping around, flopping around. I'm high-fiving, you know, camera guy. Camera guy's eyes get real big. I look out the blind window, straight up zombie apocalypse. Turkey comes back to life, runs into the timber, and I'm like, hmm, well, that sucks, you know. Uh, it's been a long time since I've lost a bird uh, with a bow and arrow, uh, but the streak had to come to an end, and it, and it came to an end this season, uh, straight up zombie apocalypse fashion. So I got furious. I'm like, that's it. Screw Iowa birds. I'm going to Kentucky. I went back to my home state, hunted with a buddy of mine back there for a few days, uh, ended up getting one down with my, you know, with my bow. Um, then for the next day or so, I tried to get him a bird in, 
And I can, here's the thing. I can call in birds. I can't call in birds for anybody else. <laughs> and I'm genuinely trying. I mean, I'm really trying. Uh, I cannot call in birds for other people. And I always feel like the biggest jerk because they're probably going, well, he called in a bird yesterday, but he can't call me one in, you know, yeah. what's the deal? And, um, I, maybe I just suck and I got lucky. That's, that's a theory I'll go with. So, but nonetheless, um, came back to Iowa, tried to chase some birds, uh, got a couple to come into like 50, 60 yards, you know, typical story. They come into 50, 60, they won't commit. Uh, I don't know what the problem is. I think one of them had on skinny jeans or capri pants, but for whatever reason he wouldn't come in and he went back off into the timber and I'm like, screw you turkeys. Uh, I'm done with you. It's time to think about deer. Yeah. Yeah. So man. that's, that's my turkey season. <laughs> I tell you what, every year I tell myself and like I hunt literally three days. That's all the, that's only time I give myself to hunt turkeys. And every year I say, I'm going to go with a bow. I'm going to, this year I'm going to try a bow and I, uh-huh. I, will, I will keep that until I walk to the Walmart gun counter and I buy a shotgun tag. <laughs> so, that's right. so yep. then, you know, I don't know. It's just how I was raised. I mean, how I got into turkey hunting with my uncle was with a rifle or uh, not with a rifle, but with a a shot, a shotgun. And that's how I hunt with my wife. Mm -hmm. And in three days, it's just, it's just easier, but you're right because I have yet to hear anybody ever tell a turkey hunting story that goes like this. Yeah. You know, uh, we didn't get to them right off the roost, but uh, we made one adjustment, and then you know we called him in and shot him. I've never heard a story like that. I've either heard him. No. I've, the stories go, dude, he flew right down to us. I shot him in the face, or oh, dude, man, it was the last day of the season, and it was noon, and finally they sure. they worked their way through. Yeah. Well, the person that says they made that adjustment. Their adjustment was they got out of bed late, <laughs> and that's why they killed the bird right. midday. You know, right, right. they overslept. And, uh, and, and that's happened, but I'm telling you turkeys, it's just, uh, I've had those seasons in the past where you just, you hunt and you hunt and you hunt and, you know, turkey hunting, um, if I'm not mistaken, you know, you, uh, for me, I end up get, I, you know, get up a little bit earlier than I would to deer hunt, yeah. uh, you know, cause you want to get in there way, you know, while it's still dark and you yeah. want to be completely set up and you want to be there for the first gobble. Um, and I'm just, I can't do it, man. Like I think back to those like college partying days and stuff. <laughs> there's no way. Like I'd be in bed by 10 o'clock toes up, you know? Yeah. Um, I just can't hang anymore. So getting up early and then, you know, you, you chase birds and you come home and of course we all have our other duties and stuff. And then yeah. you get up early again and go after it. The Turkey season is a grind. Um, but I, I enjoy killing turkeys and, uh, I love, I love frying them up, um, and all that. But, uh, I think for me, turkey season replaces a down season. You know, you shed hunted, there's nothing else going on. It's not quite time to put in food plots. So let's go do some turkey hunting, you know? I love that meme where there's a guy and his girlfriend walking down the sidewalk and he's looking back oh, yeah, at yeah. this real hot chick. And then yeah. his girlfriend's looking at him with a real pissed off face and, yep. and, She's turkey season and, and the hot or uh, his girlfriend's turkey season, but the hot chick is deer season. So yeah, exactly. Uh huh. That's right. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's perfect. Like the first time I saw that I laughed so hard. I'm like, I've ne- I never thought anybody would have a picture, one picture that would describe my, <laughs> my, uh, feel my love for deer versus turkey season. So, right. and that's it to a T. Right. So, okay. 
Next question. Are you going to uh, yep. Montana again for uh, antelope? No. Um, what I'm doing is an every other year. Gotcha. I'm going to do um, every other year Montana, every other year Kentucky. Okay. Uh, go back to the home state. Uh, this year, it's September 1st is opening day. Wow. It keeps getting a little earlier and a little earlier. Um, and a little fun fact about me, uh, being from the state of Kentucky and being an archery hunter, I've never taken a velvet buck before. Okay. And I so desperately want to take a velvet buck. And with the season being so early this year, I said, you know what? Let's skip Montana. Let's go to Kentucky. Let's try to pull off this velvet thing. And then I thought, you know what? This may be, this would be a cool thing to do. And it kind of keeps my finances in check too doing every other thing out West and then, uh, go back to Kentucky. That way I can always lay claim to the home state a little bit, you know? Yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. I'm getting jacked, man. I got a, I got a call. Yeah, you're going out West. You're going elk hunting. Yeah. And I'm going high. Like my buddy, Adam Parr, he's t- and I, he goes, dude, the cabin that we're going to be staying at is at like 10,000 feet. And <laughs> when I was out in Idaho, last week or not last week but the last time i went elk hunting i was only the highest i got was like really high eights i I think maybe one day we broke nine but but that was it and uh and i today i went on a weighted pack hike right and at a local state park where there's some hills and stuff (sighs) i am glad that i'm not leaving tomorrow kick your butt Oh, my, my legs, I I mean, I wasn't exhausted. They weren't burning or anything, but my legs are tired right now. And if you put me, what I did today at 10,000 feet, I would have had to get choppered out of there. I bet. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So I would have been bare food. Yeah. Yeah. Screw it. Just let them eat me. Yeah. Somebody tell my story good, though. (laughs) Yeah. Make me sound better than what really happened. (laughs) At least say that I fought one of the bears before the second bear got me. (laughs) That's right. Okay. So I got a question for you. All right. So. Yep. Let me back up one step. You, the last time I got, I don't even remember the last time you were on this podcast. I'm not even sure. We we know you were working for Wicked Tree Gear, but there's been there's been a change and now you're working for a whole bunch of companies. Talk us through that real Correct. quick. Yeah. So whenever we were on last time, I was the, uh, the VP of wicked tree gear, uh, kind of overseeing the sales and marketing end of just wicked. Um, since then, um, and I had, and I had already sold uh, wicked to Tecamani holdings. Um, so since then there's been some changes. We've uh, changed some corporate structure around a little bit. And I've now uh, been promoted to the director of marketing for Tecamani Holdings. So I don't mess with sales anymore. Um, I'm just uh, running the marketing side for Wicked Tree Gear, Tecamani Seed. Um, kind of oversee a little bit of the Bucks of Tecamani TV show on the Outdoor Channel, um, but also Glacier Coolers. And now, even recently, um, a crossbow accessory company called uh, the Crossbow Diffuser, which is the newest newest company that we just added to the umbrella. Dude, dude. Now wait a second. Oh yeah. Are you going to be getting their new product too? The oh wa- yeah. The watchdog. Oh yeah, dude. Yep. That was my favorite product at the ATA show this upcoming year. Yeah, we just bought that. So watchdog and uh, crossbow diffuser. 
Um, so I run, you know, I run all the social media for, uh, for those outlets and stuff. And the watchdog is being remanufactured. Um, what was that ATA was kind of a prototype. Yep. Yep. Um, so now it's, um, it's been moved into one of our facilities and going through a remanufacture to make sure that it can be manufactured in mass production without losing any of the quality. So that's what's going on right now. Anticipated that we'll be selling those by the fall, oh, um, and kind of a, kind of a, a re grand opening, a re a relaunch at the ATA show. You got to get your boy a couple prototypes for this deal. for this yep. upcoming mark, season, man. Mark it down because I. I'm yep. going to try to catch those bastards who've been stealing my shit. And when I walked up to that guy and I, I, I like, I was watching him do it and I put my hand in my pocket looking for money because I'm like, I will pay you oh, yeah. for whatever you have right now for that. And he's like, well, we just have prototypes. Yep. I'm like, I'll buy a prototype. I don't give a <laughs> shit. Oh man. Yeah. It's money. That's, that's going to be a kick-ass yeah. product, dude. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, there were some things. So at the ATA show, I was, um, I was asked by one of our investors to go take a look at the product and it wasn't that far from the tech and money booth, you know, it's just yeah. right there. So I walked over there to take a look at it and immediately, you know, I saw some issues that I'm like, wow, this, this solves this problem. It yeah. solves this problem. And we started playing around with a little bit. We found a couple of manufacturing issues that, um, wouldn't be a problem right away, but like six months down the road, I could see it being a problem being in the elements of, you know, being in the timber and rain and sun and rain and sun and that kind of stuff. So yeah. there's a couple of issues that we wanted to address and, and change a couple of components. So that's what created the remanufacturing delay. Um, but it's funny because I mean, every single day I get messages through Facebook. Um, people are asking, you know, for the watchdog, Hey, when's the watchdog coming out? So that's good to hear. There's, there's demand has been created before the product's available. So that's, that's neat. Man. Who's the guy, Andy, I'm trying to forget. Remember who's the guy I talked with at the ATA show. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Oh, uh, crossbow diffuser, Dave. Dave. Yep. That's the guy yep. I talked to. Um, yep. Oh man. Cool. Well, that's awesome. Now I know who to uh, call when I, when I want some free shit. (laughs) There you go. Call me up. That's what everybody does. I know. Okay. So we we got that one out of the way, but like, okay. Originally we're going to talk, we were going to talk about glacier coolers, right? And yeah. Yep. So I want to, I want to get into glacier real quick, but I got to ask, okay. Mm -hmm. What is the deal with, coolers period just like blowing up online what is the deal with every it's nuts in it i mean it's just like i don't know like yeti is huge we know that right they they blew right. up they're spending a shit ton of money on marketing they're doing all this all these things you know they're doing good things for conservation all this stuff you but you look at it and you're just like dude it's just a cooler so they have some you know they got some marketing wizards over there that are making it like a brand that people will never buy their cooler but they'll go buy a mm-hmm. yeti t-shirt or they'll go buy a yeti hat you know what i mean sure so what's so yep. from your opinion what is the deal with like coolers blowing up in the hunting industry right now um so my my first initial assessment was that yeti created this lifestyle uh through their marketing efforts i mean it's a marketing genius uh, conglomerate you know roughly 
600 million a year in sales and 60 million a year in, in marketing. Um, but one thing that I will say, and I've given them, I'll always give them credit for is through their imagery and their photography, you know, you can look at a picture and you feel like you're in the hunt. You feel like you're there, you know, what's going on in the elements and they do a good job and it, it's selling the lifestyle, you know, that's what they're doing. And, and they, and they do have a great product to co- go along with it. I'm not going to deny that, but I think what happened was, um, you went from styrofoam coolers to Yeti coolers and then people on the outside were like, holy crap, look how much money they're making by selling coolers. We need to get into the cooler game. And it just flooded, you know, yeah. it, it got crazy with the rotomotive coolers. Um, Glacier's whole take on it was, you know what, the industry is flooded in the high-end rotomotive coolers. Um, what about the soft-sided coolers? You know, maybe a guy doesn't need a cooler that's going to hold ice for nine days. Have you ever been on a nine-day hunt? You know, I haven't. And if I'm ever in a situation where I'm nine days away from the next bag of ice, my hillbilly ass probably needs to go back to the house. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like that's too far. Right. So anyways, Glacier came up with an idea that, Hey, we're going to do a soft sided cooler and it's going to meet a price point. Uh, you know, we have everything from 15 quart to 45 quart, um, priced in the 39 to $189 range. And, um, we're still keeping ice three, three and a half days you know, on our stuff as well. So it's lighter weight. You know, one of the things I can point out is, uh, when the cooler's empty, like my kids can lift them. Um, so that's one of the advantages, um, is not as expensive. Uh, they're extremely durable. It's not a styrofoam cooler. Um, there's, a uh, some really, really good products, uh, some heavy grade nylon woven materials that are used on the soft side. We still have the full, uh, inch and a quarter, inch and a half foam, you know, insulation on it, on, uh, in all the coolers. And I've had a chance to beat up a lot of them and, and I'm, I'm impressed, you know, I, I'm definitely impressed. I mean, for my style of hunting, you know, it might be some weekend stuff here or there, but even like when I was in Montana, I mean, I passed by gas stations occasionally and I would refill a cooler when I needed it with ice, you know, but, um, that's, that's, I think that's Glacier's take. And, you know, there's not a the, the soft sided market is not quite as flooded as the rotomotive cooler, right. um, but I'm not I'm not going to pretend to deny that it's not a saturated market. You know, it's very saturated. So what's the so why? Obviously, there's kind of a crossover, right? So the cooler market, mm-hmm. the the cooler companies say, hey, who uses who uses coolers? Oh, the hunting industry does. Let's market to the sure. h- hunting industry. When, you know, they could have probably went other places with their money, you know, do you have any inside information like from like a marketing standpoint of why a lot of these companies just started dumping a shit ton of money into the, the hunting, fishing, shooting type of category? Well, I think um, for the most part, it's a, it's a me too category and a lot of people jumped into it. It's the same thing like with Facebook and doing targeted ads and you can target behaviors and target interest and demographics um, and even geographical locations. So I think you take some of that technology and that style of marketing and you can take a particular product and just really grind it. I mean, a company that comes to mind, Mountain Ops, um, you know, they have this nutrition line of 
supplements that they target hunters. That's mm-hmm. it. So all of their focus, all of their money and everything is, is, um, you know, bottlenecks and goes to the, to one area and they can really pinpoint and focus on it. Now, coolers, um, as Yeti's proven and other cooler companies have proven is, you know, you can start in the hunting and the fishing. Um, my parents, they don't hunt. My dad fishes a little bit, but you know, they don't hunt, they don't camp, they don't hike. Um, but they, they watched uh, duck dynasty and <laughs> Yeti was really, really popular with the duck dynasty boys. And my mom's like, Hey, look, I got me a Yeti tumbler. I'm like, you've never even filled it up. She's like, I got one, you know, it's like a novelty <laughs> piece, you know? So, um, and I think that's where you start having that crossover and, you know, think about it, you know, sporting events, tailgating. I know you're a big Hawkeye fan and I know that you've been to some football games and stuff. So everybody has a cooler and, um, I think uh, cooler is, um, is one of those products that definitely has a lot of crossover potential. Um, if maybe you can saturate that hunting community and that kind of gets you rolling where Yeti had already created that mousetrap and they had educated the market on, Hey, you know, you hunters, you need a premium cooler. So if you want to get your product up off the ground, go ahead and jump into the hunting market first um, the education's already been put there and then you can kind of branch out into some other areas. Right. So that's my theory. Yeah, for sure. So what's the deal with, uh, uh, you know, like there's, I feel like there's this, this click, right. Where Instagram, mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna use Instagram for example, where you got all these people, uh, Instagram, what, what do we, what do they call those? Uh, um, influencers right you got all these people repping repping what is it about cooler companies yeti yeti doesn't do this as much but some of the other companies i've noticed where it is just (laughs) i think i know where you're going (laughs) it's just a woman in the smallest bikini with the biggest rack with who and whatever fish she's holding it doesn't even matter what the fish is just doesn't matter it's, yeah. yeah it's blatant right that was there was there even a fish in the picture <laughs> no you know <laughs> was there even a cooler in the picture exactly exactly <laughs> yep and that's the point right you know and i think uh it i was actually uh i was a guest on a podcast earlier today and i even made the comment on that podcast that i I want to, I would love, uh, if anybody is with another cooler company out there and for like, you know, for funds, you want to reach out to me and share some information. I'll share some information about our company. We'll trade some secrets, but I would love (laughs) to know how much money is brought in from that because let's just throw out a name, you know, the, the, the catching, uh, the fish, the fish huntress beast one Oh one, whatever. Yeah whatever her handle is. And she's got 282,000 followers on Instagram and Hey, what's going on boys. Just out here, you know, catching fish with my cooler, uh, (laughs) use such and such code and you'll save yourself some money. Right. I want to know how much money does that, does that turn into sales? Um, and you know, it's been coined skin marketing. I've called it cleavage marketing. Um, you know, I want to know what, how is that effective? Does that work? Because, most red blooded males see that picture and they're like, huh, didn't see the fish or the cooler, right. you know, right. uh, didn't see the boat for all they know. It's just a girl floating on water, you know? <laughs> um, so, you know, 
it is very interesting, but it, it is funny how the cooler companies have really latched onto that. And who knows, maybe it's effective. I, I don't know. I know with Glacier, that's not the approach that we're going to take. Uh, with it, well, with any of the brands, as long as I'm in control, um, my position has always been that we're supporting real hunters. I don't care if a guy has two followers on Instagram or he has a million. If he is a legitimate hunter or she is a legitimate hunter and they're doing it for the right reasons and they're putting out good content, um, promoting the sport and telling a story through their photography or videography. And that's a, that's a person I'd like to work with. You know, that's somebody I'd want to represent our brand. Well, you know, earlier this week I got called a sellout basically because of a decision I made through for the nine finger Chronicles, as far as like partnerships and shit. And uh, I'm just, I'm to the point now where dude, give me a hundred bucks. I'll take my shirt off. I don't, and, and, and have an Instagram <laughs> post. <laughs> And I'm not even in good shape. <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. So um, no, everything has a everything has a price, right? And um, you know, it, how much would you sell your soul to the devil for, or whatever? You know, um, it, it it is what it is. Right. But here's what I'll say: if anybody feels like they ever uh, they're making a move and they want to they want to sell out, then just be like, yeah, this is what I did, and this is why I did it. Yeah. You don't pay my bills. Right. You know? Right. Right. So what is it about Glacier, right? As far as, because you, you guys currently only make soft sided coolers, right? Yeah. Well, we do have one that's called a crossover. So if you were to take a rotomotive cooler and take a Sawzall to it right. and cut through that hard plastic, what is considered the rotomold inside is a hard foam insulation. Gotcha. Okay. We do have a cooler that has the hard foam insulation. It just has the soft side exterior. Uh, so we call it our crossover cooler. Uh, so it's kind of a hybrid. Gotcha. Okay. So, and I'll be honest with you. I don't even know what kind of questions to ask you about coolers. Um, because, <laughs> because quite frankly, honestly, John, I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah. what is it about like coolers I mean, are glacier coolers, you know, that makes them good or, or, or a good quality or good for the price? Or why should a hunter, you know, or, you know, a sportsman or whoever say, hey, man, maybe I should pick up a glacier cooler? Um, well, I, I've used this story before, and, and it kind of fits into this question. Um, first off, everybody pay attention to this one because glacier coolers would like to – I'm going to let Dan – be the winner. He, he gets to choose. Um, all the burden falls on Dan here as to who's going to be the winner. Um, but Glacier is going to contribute a uh, 35 quart ice box cooler. Uh, it's kind of a duffel style cooler. And here's the story on that. Last last spring, not this spring we just had, but the spring of 17, um, I shot an Iowa turkey. Uh, ended up being 27 pounds, biggest turkey I've ever shot before. Um, and I talked to my taxidermist and he says, Hey, that might be a bird you want to throw in the freezer and, and bring me. We might want to do a full, full mount on that. And I said, oh, I'm going to wait till I shoot a bigger bird. And he's like, bigger than 27. He goes, dude, that's, that's a hammer. You know, yeah. you might hunt your whole life and not kill one that big again. And I was like, Oh, well, you know what? Maybe, you know, he does have 11 and a half inch beard and, you know, inch and five eighths spurs. I was like, maybe this is a bird I probably should get full mounted. And I said, I always wanted to have one. So 
So I take this bird, I throw him in the freezer. And about a month later, I was heading down to my, uh, down to Kentucky to the taxidermy shop. And I grabbed one of my uh, unnamed brand rotomoted cooler. That was a 65 quart. And I'm trying to get this bird. Now he told me how to cut the fan off to save some space. So I did cut the fan off in the right place, but I had this bird and I'm trying to, he's frozen and I'm trying to get him inside this hard cooler and I can't get him in there. You know, I can't close the door. Um, and I'm like, this is a problem. And I'm like, wait a second. There's this new, that new glacier company, you know, let me, let me try that, which I feel really bad that I didn't grab that first, but, um, I grabbed that glacier cooler and I shoved the bird in there. And because it is soft sided, uh, exterior, it's only a 35 quart cooler, but I was able to bend and, and manipulate and stretch. And you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I was able to get that bird down in there and get it zipped closed with ice transported all the way down to Kentucky, dropped it off at my taxidermy shop. The next day bird was still frozen solid. And, uh, he's like, how in the world did you put that thing in that cooler? You know, and it was kind of, then we got to kind of talking about it, but I'm like, here's a cooler that's 30 quarts smaller, but because of its, um, its material textile makeup, I was able to bend it and manipulate it and flex it and, and uh, get the bird in there. So that's one of the things that, that I think is really interesting with Glacier and the soft side technology. Um, you know, my 12 year old, he can't lift my road molded cooler when it's empty. Right. Um, my wife, you know, she can't lift it to throw it up into the back of the SUV. Cause you know where I live, I got to take a cooler to the grocery store. Yeah. Um, uh, if not, you got milk and eggs and ice cream melted everywhere. So, um, you know, for her, she can grab like, for instance, our ice box cooler, it weighs like four pounds when it's empty and she just takes it, tosses it in the back of the SUV, fills it with groceries, throws on the duffel strap, carries it inside the house as I'm like eating Cheetos or watching TV, watching her work. <laughs> um, so that's the big thing with the glacier cooler. I mean, the price point, uh, the flexible uh, technology, um, and just the lightweight, you know, being lightweight, it doesn't take three guys to carry a full tub of ice and drinks, you know? Right. Right. Well, cool, man. So how do my, how do my listeners get, uh, get their name in the hat for that? Uh, that's on you. Um, okay. You know, what I would what I would like to do if, um, you know, if, if anybody listening would uh, like to go over, take a look at the uh, Facebook page um, for Glacier Coolers or the Instagram page is Glacier Coolers Official. Um, that would be super awesome. And uh, maybe send, you know, send a message. You know, Dan sent me over. Nine you, sent me over. Yeah, something here, like that. Here's what we'll do. If you want to get your name in the hat for this cooler, you need to go to the Glacier Facebook page and you need to uh, comment nine or first you have to like the page. Then you need to comment nine fingers sent me. And what we'll do is if you do both those things that puts your name in the hat and uh, next week or the week after we'll uh, draw a winner. There you go. Yep. And um, also I wanted to uh, pass on a uh, little promo code. Uh, that'll be available for the next 30 days. If um, maybe you're not into contests or you don't feel like you've got a chance to win, um, as a consolation prize, anybody can go to the Glacier Cooler website and you can order a cooler if you would like to use the code Glacier10, no spaces, Glacier10, 
Uh, it'll knock off 10% off your order, and that, that promo code will be good for the next 30 days. Bingo. Cool, man. Well, thanks, How about John. that? Thanks, John. Appreciate it. Yep, yep. No, I appreciate you having me on here. Give me a chance to talk about the Glacier Cooler stuff. And Well, we're not done um, yet, and, John. Oh, okay, we're okay. Oh, we're yet. good. We're good. I, dude, I got a couple questions for you yet. Cool. Be- I like it. Not about coolers, but okay. Have you got your Have you got your mineral and trail cameras out yet? Yes, I do. Um, I've got uh, I've got one more mineral site that I actually want to get started. I'm trying to. You ever do that? You look at a property and you're going, "Nah, that mineral site's too close." Where can I get in and check it easy without disturbing? And I don't want to have to walk deep into the timber and mess stuff up. But um, I've got one more site that I need to get started, but. Um, I've got a 120-acre piece that I've got two mineral sites on. I've got a 160-acre piece that has two mineral sites on, and that's the one that I want to actually add a third. Um, but, yeah, I've got some sites going. Uh, one of the sites actually got it started back in February. Oh, nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's been neat uh, starting to get some nice, uh, some nice bucks, getting some big, fat bases that are starting to show up. Nothing has showed up yet that has been like an immediate showstopper, yeah. which I'm good I'm glad. Because it's still May, and I know me, first time I see, like, giant bases, then it's like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, you know what I mean? And you freak out, and the season's still, you know, four months away. Right, right. Because I know you had some slammers last year on camera. Um, mm-hmm. Not as not as many as the year before, but uh, no, no, but, no. but you had some decent ones. Um, do you happen uh-huh. to rec- recognize any of the bucks that you got on trail camera so far? No, not so far. Um, there's one of my bucks that I know is still alive. Um, he never did hang out during the summer. Um, he showed up right at that hard horn time. Right. You know, when we see bucks starting to kind of venture a little bit and change patterns, that's when he moves to me. Um, so I might not see him at all this summer on one of the, the leases. Um, one of the bucks he got taken during shotgun season, uh, he ended up going uh, mid mid seventies. Um, he was an awesome deer that I had a lot of fun playing, playing with and, uh, cat and mousing with him. Um, and then one of the properties is actually a brand new lease to me. So every deer there is going to be foreign. Um, and then of course I have the public stuff. Now the public stuff, I will start to identify some of those deer, I'm sure. Um, but not running any, you know, mineral on obviously on, on the public ground. Um, but I do have some camera locations that I'm going to start getting out once they become a little more identifiable. You know, none of these bucks have like double throat patches or cut ears or big scars anywhere that are going to stand out. It's just going to be more rack identification. Nice. What about you? Dude, I, this weekend I'm getting my minerals out and my trail cameras out every single year. It gets later and later. Like, (laughs) <laughs> like last year yeah. it was in may the year before that it was in april like when i was turkey hunting but you know how it is man like oh no i know it just i can't yeah, this I year i can't find time no i man i'm telling you what they're the they're not making any more land and they're not making any more time yeah. and um it's a it's a pain you know this year is um i did get like i said one mineral site started in february but for the most part you know April, early May is about when I get a lot of sites going and trying to keep with that. Um, I, I'm already starting to panic a little bit when I start thinking about tree stands and trimming shooting lanes and, yeah. you know, getting that kind of stuff going. I'm going to have to recruit some help this year. Um, I just, I can't, I can't do it all on my own all the time. And 
I'm going to have to find some local, you know, farm kid that wants to make a little extra money on the weekend or something. And, um, or, you know, trick some, uh, trick some buddies, you know, like a whitewashing Paul Sawyer's, you know, <laughs> yeah. or Tom, Tom Sawyer style, you know, don't you have kids that can do that stuff? Man, they're 12 and nine and uh, I love my boys to death, but uh, my nine year old, like he's a hellion, you know, yeah. he's going to be my wheelbarrow boy. Um, but my 12 year old is, um, he's like, ah, it's a lot of bugs out here. I'm like, <laughs> really? Seriously, dude. You know, uh, that's just, it's not his cup of tea. He's, he's a supervisor. I gotcha. He's already been identified as a house supervisor. Gotcha. Yeah. He wants to watch everybody else do the work. Gotcha. He signs off on the work, right? That's right. That's right. Yep. Just here to supervise. Cool, man. But, uh, yeah. Well, Mr. Mulligan, man, I, I really appreciate you taking time to hop on and chat, dude. Dude. Thank you. Thank Thanks for having me. And, uh, uh, like I said, give me a chance to to catch up with you and and talk about the glacier stuff a little bit and 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 skin marketing. <laughs> That's twice in one day. And there you have it. Huge shout out to John for taking time to hop on the podcast and chat with me a little bit. Chat with all of you. Thank you for tuning in, like you so often do. Um, this has grown bigger than what I have ever expected. So continue to share. If you like something, share it. Uh, if you you know, have any questions for me, you know, let me know if you want to be on the podcast because you feel you have a great story or you know someone who has a great story or hell, if you just have suggestions of information you want to know on this podcast, hit me up, dude. Uh, I mean, it's I'm very flexible. And uh, if I go with suggestions almost 100% of the time. So if uh, you are, if you have anybody that you would like to hear, or if you have any product you'd like to review or a story you would like to tell, hit me up. I'd love to schedule you. Other than that, I really don't have, uh-oh, wait a second, I do. Guys, make sure you go and sign up to become a member of the QDMA for one year. Sign up for the one-year membership and use the promo code 9 finger. That's the number 9 followed by the word finger and you can save $10. So it's going to go from $35 to $25. $25 for a year membership to one of the greatest whitetail organizations in the entire United States. If you love hunting whitetails and you love whitetails whether you're hunting them or not like me, sign up become a member of the qdma it's the best 25 bucks you'll ever spend enter the promo code nine fingers also if you haven't yet go leave a review on itunes or wherever you currently down the sportsman's nate down wherever you currently download the sportsman's nation podcast network and all the other kick-ass podcasts that are on this feed don't forget to check out the big game western hunting podcast feed as well a lot of great content on there Check out the blog, man. We got a couple new blog posts up and up and uh, airing right now. There's going to be some video work coming, uh, hopefully by the late mid to late summer. That's going to be very interesting as well. And um, social media, Facebook, Instagram. Make sure you like because, dude, we do a lot of stuff on uh, the social media platforms. I ask a lot of questions just kind of to interact with all the listeners of the podcast. So um, keep that up as well. Other than that, guys, if you're going to be in a tree, please, 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 please wear your damn safety harness.